0: Stay tuned now for TV4 Sports Show. Sound down, commence. 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. I would like to introduce you at this time. It's time for the TV4 Sports
1: Show. Let's go, let's go. Hey. 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 Totally rocks.
0: What is this? It's Radio Johnny, Nikki, Jones, and Tony. With a comprehensive look at local, regional, and national sports, a TV4 Sports Show is on the air.
2: Let's go, baby! It's another Sunday morning, and we got my boy Nikki Gems here, and we got uh, Professor Pelly out live in Daytona.
3: What's going on? Hi,
2: what is up, brother? How's it going out there?
3: Uh, I'm actually laying in the back of a truck bed right now, I'm getting a tan with a 24 pack of water, <laughs> uh, recovering from festivities of Daytona Beach, Florida. How are you doing? Radio John Decker.
2: Hey, you got it in this week, buddy. I'm doing well, sir. I'm doing well. You know, just uh, plugging along every day. Every day is a new journey.
3: Uh, let's make some money today.
4: <laughs>
2: <laughs> I'm, I'm telling you, I'm feeling you, brother. I feel you, brother. All right. If, uh, of course, our uh, awesome fans, if you guys want to comment, questions, concerns, anything you'd like to talk about today, feel free to call in 727-518-0820. As we're getting the show kicked off here, we're going to... Of course, we're going to break down the NFL free agency as far as what uh, how we feel about the Carson Wentz deal, who we think won that deal, who we think lost the deal, if we think somebody went or lost, or did they both come out. Um, we're going to talk about some more of the free agency, too, where we see some of these quarterbacks going or uh, other free agents. We're going to break down some of the NHL. Of course, you know, the Lightning uh, not looking too good last night, but, hey, uh, I think they're just in a bit of a cold snap. They'll, they'll figure it out. They always seem to figure it out. They better. <laughs> they will. They will, brother. You know, it's this is the lightning man. I feel like they're just uh, they're they're playing a little out of sorts, out of their game, and uh, but we'll we'll get more on that topic when we get to it. And then, of course, we uh, we can always talk a little bit of NBA if we want to. You know, we can talk about anything here. We we we're good enough for that. You know. <laughs>
3: <laughs> yeah, you definitely get some NBA news over here on the TV Four Sports Show.
2: All right, really? So, uh, and then, of course, we're going to talk a little bit of Major League Baseball. Nikki Gems has got an interesting topic that uh, kind of makes people think about uh, just how teams spend their money and who's spending money and who's not spending money.
3: The Rays aren't spending any money.
1: <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> we all know that. <laughs> well, good morning, Tampa Bay. Nikki Gems, Nikki Valentino over here. Um, <laughs> sitting, in, uh, sitting in Tony's spot. Ooh. You got the good yeah. mic. <laughs> <laughs> yeah biggest uh biggest news I think of the week um a lot of, a lot of sports news um obviously uh baseball getting ready to to get started here, pitchers and catchers reporting this week um, NFL obviously uh even though the Super Bowl happened uh and NFL's in this off season NFL seems to always dominate the the sports news all year round and a lot of a lot of big off season moves already. Uh, draft coming up shortly but I think uh, this year especially uh, just a lot of quarterbacks on the move a lot of teams uh, a lot of teams looking for that that one piece or that one quarterback that they think could get them over the hump and I think uh, tying into that uh, that we were talking about this morning uh, is just such a huge difference I feel like when you compare, uh, compare sports such as uh, NFL, NBA, NHL it seems like just about every team is either um, competing for a championship or they're they're putting the final pieces trying to to use every last dollar to to make their team put their team in the best position either for competing for a championship now or building for the future but then you look at the MLB and it's like you got what maybe five or ten teams that are actually competing for a championship this year and then the other twenty or so teams are just basically just there just just collecting. Collecting their paychecks, owners just making their their profits off of spending forty, fifty million dollars on their on their team. Uh, only sport that doesn't have a, a salary uh, salary cap floor or, or a minimum. Why. And that's why. And that's why, James. I think it's a huge problem that the MLB really needs to to try to fix as soon as possible. I, I think it's it's really. It's really um put such a negative impact on the sport when you have teams like the Rays that were just in the World Series and somehow don't have enough money to keep keep some of their top players and and are you know really and the guys like i don't i i the the one that really stands out to me is is Blake Snell, I just feel like it's it's such a shame that they had to let him go when they had uh, a Cy Young caliber pitcher. Um, I believe he was about only getting about fifteen million a year the next two years, which is a huge bargain for a pitcher of his caliber. And to feel like they uh, can't Zion afford a him, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's just even as a, a team for the Rays that you know makes the most out of the money they spend, and and they you know obviously um, don't have the the financial capabilities that the Yankees and Dodgers and teams like that have. But the fact that they feel like they basically can't afford to, to keep a, a world series caliber team together. I, I just feel like that's just such a, a huge hit to the, the popularity of the sport. And, now uh, is that
3: yeah well is that towards the MLB side of it or is that towards the actual ownership side of the Rays? I mean Johnny's a Rays fan. I think he understands where the ownership comes from and what they try to do with the team. And it it sucks being a Rays fan. Or uh, I I wouldn't know because you know I'm a Yankees fan. But at the same time, the Rays they not only just don't want to win. It's almost like they just if they want to win, they're going to do it the hard way and by the numbers. And I just I I just don't think the fans and the, the actual city are behind this team. I mean, they're behind the team, they're not, they're not just behind the ownership. You know, it, it's exactly. it's complica- it's complicated with with especially St. Petersburg and the Trop and everything like that though, too.
2: Well, if we're talking so, about just just the Rays and like the fans being behind their teams, you can definitely just tell like how just look across the just look across the water. You have the Lightning who is a Tampa Bay team and you can see how the city of Tampa just embraces the Tampa Bay Lightning. You can see how the city of Tampa Bay embraces the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Granted, yeah, they both just won their respective championships, but the the city have has been embracing them for years now. The city of St. Pete's not really has not really embraced the Rays. You have Rays fans, yeah, you have Fergs, who have all the Rays fans there. But does the the does the city of St. Pete really like embrace the Rays? You don't see these banners hanging up all over the place, go Rays, we love the Rays, blah, blah, blah. You don't see any of that. If anything, you see more bold stuff on this side of the water than you do anything else. But that's just my personal take. But uh, we have our uh, good friend Chris from Clearwater on wants to talk some baseball and football with us. Go ahead, Chris. You there?
5: Good morning, learner gentlemen. this morning. Okay. Hello, Christopher.
4: How are you doing? doing
5: this morning? Okay. You said I, I'm just going to follow up what you just said about why the uh, Tampa Bay market doesn't embrace the raise. I think ownership has a lot to do with it. I think the ownership was more uh, harmonious and it would say negative things about our city and our area. I think Thank you, Chris. Right. Thank you.
4: No, I See, agree you know, with the,
5: you. Yeah, that's I think the owner sets the tone for everything, you know. Although when Vince Namoli on the team, I don't know if you guys you're probably all too young to remember that.
2: We know Vince Namoli is.
5: <laughs> okay. He tried all kinds of gimmicky things that try to affect fans. He had a he, he was going to have a dwarf running around the out the uh, out the center field chasing bikini clad women around after a home run and stuff like that. You know, it, it was not it it, it it wouldn't work. I mean, baseball is is what it is. Very, very lucky we I forget his name. We had a very far, we had a farm director at the very beginning that put the roots into this team. You know, and it produced it produced, and uh, you know we win in spite of our ownership, We spite of management, we continued to win. And uh you know, I, I'm a diehard red uh, uh rays fan. I'm a Cincinnati fan of the National League. I grew up as a Reds fan. But I am a Rays fan too. That's my that, that's my team here, so I, I root for that team here. Uh you know, ownership has to realize I mean, it's not gonna work in Montreal. First plus of all Canada right now, they don't want nobody up there for Canada to begin with right now. You could just think if we had that in other travel logistics, they wouldn't be up there anyways, you know? And, exactly. Uh, Stewart exactly Thurman just just look in the mirror and say, "Am I really?" You know, I, I, I always make making money because of the TV revenue and, 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 the, and the sharing of the revenue. Uh, you know, we need a local ownership. We needed somebody to step forward. I told JP this many times, but nobody wants to seem to put their foot forward to buy this team because this is a this is a baseball market. The roots of this of this area in baseball goes deep. A lot of, more than a lot of places on the United States. Roots deep baseball here. Very oh, positive.
3: absolutely, Al Lang, You see, it, you, you see it on the the plaques of Al Lang Stadium, where the actual Tampa Bay oh. Rowdies play. You see that the Mike the Mike Schmidt of the world, the
5: Al Kaline, the Joe
3: DiMaggio. I'm talking about the
5: I'm talking about the the local ball players that are from here. I mean, they go back to. Uh, and you probably know him, Al Lopez because it's been mentioned to many times. But he's a god in this town. He was a Cuban catcher in the 1930s. Was a longtime manager. You know, and uh, he he was like the grandfather of baseball in this area, and uh, the Latin culture, the Cuban culture. You know, baseball goes back here a hundred years, and we still play baseball today. All the other other young kids, you know.
3: Yeah, uh, no, I I completely agree. That, and plus, he, the names of Gary Sheffield, Tino Martinez, and they go oh, they go deeper not than good that. Doc Gooden, okay, you know, uh,
5: yeah, Doc Gooden, exactly. Way they're they're, they're awesome here, you know. Yeah, no, so. but. Uh, Uh, One quick football question. J.J., uh, where do you think he's going to end up at? What's your opinion? What do you think? Anybody want to go first on this one?
2: No, you go ahead, Tony.
5: Me? Uh, I
3: personally think that J.J. Watt ends up in Buffalo. I just think he fits the culture. I think signing with Pittsburgh is also another option, but it's the family thing, and I don't think he would want to overlook his brother or something like that. He wants to have his brother be a continued success and defensive MVP candidate throughout years to come, and he'll over he'll oversee that if he goes to Pittsburgh. And plus, I don't think they're ready to win a title right now, especially in that tough AFC with everyone that's better than Pittsburgh as well, especially Kansas City, the Buffalo's. So I can see him going to Buffalo the most. They have uh, a, ca- a decent amount of cap room, and he fits the scheme that. Um, Of an out like a a defensive end type, not an outside linebacker. So I'm gonna say Buffalo. Johnny, what do you got?
2: I've I've said it last week, and I I love how it's got traction this week. I honestly think man, he's gonna end up with the Browns. The Browns have the cap room. The Browns need uh, a solidified defensive guy other than Miles Garrett. They have all these young guys who constantly keep getting hurt and they don't stay healthy. So I mean and. I don't know, man, and, like, and it seems like this week the, the Browns have really gained a lot of traction. Like, hey, he could legit go to the Browns. I don't think he goes to Pittsburgh only because of what you, what you just said. His brothers are there, but like, I feel like that's just the narrative that everybody tried to pitch. Oh, his brothers are there, so he's automatically qualified to go to Pittsburgh. Yes, two, no. two
5: brothers there. Yes, two yeah,
2: brothers yeah, there. Yes, Derek and, and, uh, Jay, and TJ. I know.
4: Yeah,
5: But, yeah, no, I, I just, th- I I just feel like that Thomas. was the
2: narrative that the media tried to drive was, oh, his family's there, so he's just going to go there. Not, no. not necessarily. There's other teams. Like I honestly feel like if he doesn't end up in Cleveland, he he might end up in Buffalo. If I had to pick the top two teams I think he ends up with, it would be Cleveland and Buffalo.
1: Jebs, what do you think? I, I was thinking uh, initially that the Packers would be... In play, they they are over the cap at the moment, but they're making oh, a lot of. Uh, of course, Johnny. <laughs> oh, right, Go ahead, Jim. Go ahead, Jeff. I, I, I think I think the Browns though are, are emerging as a as a favorite. He even said that they have all the the things he's looking for as far as um, the the teammates that he'd be playing with on that defensive line, like Miles Garrett. They have a lot of cap space. They're a contender. Um I, I think I think they're definitely in play. Um and it'll be a lot easier for a team like the Browns with that kind of cap space to to be able to afford him. Um I've seen some rumors that he could be taking a really kind of team friendly deal. I've seen close to two two years, twenty five million for some of the projections of what he'll be able to get. I, I think he's obviously uh when he's healthy, he's a a much much better player than that contract would, would There's say. There's the question, Mark. But, <laughs> anybody,
4: well,
5: Guys, he played 16 games for the first time in four years this year. He had five sacks.
4: Mm-hmm. He, was,
5: he was underproductive. I mean, one of the Adam Schechter says one of the problems he's got is when they do a physical on this guy, it's like a it's like a train wreck. He's got he's got multiple surgeries, you know, and his production yep. has really gone downhill. Now there's there, there's two teams that nobody talks about that really need defensive line help. One is Minnesota. I mean, they've had their line is totally decimated, but there's a free agency. An injury. I don't know if he. I think he'd be a good fit there. I don't know if Minnesota would be oh. in his would, would be in his ballpark. Another one is the Bears. Uh, the Bears are, are missing two tackles. You know that's that's the thing. Uh, I mean, uh, Max has really underachieved since he's been in Chicago. Max said yeah. that initial trade, but he has he really done anything for Chicago? He's not put up the stats he did with the Raiders that he? Uh, his
2: yeah, first exactly. year he did the first year in Chicago he exploded.
3: Also, also, Chris, real quick, the only sack that Tristan Wurst, the right tackle for Tampa Bay Buccaneers, ever gave up this season was, was to kill him back. I know. All right, man. Good work, guys.
2: All right,
3: thank you, Chris. Thank you. No, I mean, the J.J. Watt situation is definitely one to watch. because I mean, he could end up in Tampa, for all we know, especially if they lose Shaq Barrett. So there's definitely a lot of things that you can go with, like, which way you want to go with J.J. J. Watt. I feel like he, I don't know, just Chicago and Minnesota, Minnesota's not ready to win a title. And I think J.J. J. Watt wants to at least experience a, a championship run at least once in his life after spending mm-hmm. countless years of pointless time in
5: Houston besides last year. yeah, or I no. guess two years ago
2: now. No, yeah, no, I'm with you. That's it. That's kind of where I was going to go with that. I feel like he wants to be a part of a team that wants to win now. You know, guess the bears were a playoff team last year we understand that but they barely got in by the skin of their teeth you know the browns legitimate look like a good team yeah did the browns barely make it yeah but the browns still came in and did what they had to do you know they they beat pittsburgh the first game in pittsburgh they beat Pit- they after of just playing them the week before and losing on the same field so or no that take the back they were in cleveland when they won that game or lost my bad but still uh but still, I feel like that J.J. Watt wants to go to a team that's going to compete. You know, the Bills were there. The Bills are just like right there. They're, they're if they, just a couple more things would have happened for them, and they probably would They probably would have been in the Super Bowl.
4: But
3: yeah, and, they, and guess what? They would have got their asses kicked too by the Buccaneers.
2: But I don't know about that one. Good, sir. What's truly good? What's truly good?
3: Everybody, Tampa.
2: Johnny, give
3: me give me my drop. I need my drop.
2: Oh boy, your
1: drop. You know, I find that thing. Well, tying it back in to, to the the point about baseball. I mean, NFL should be at a kind of a dead point in the year where you know we're starting to talk about the sports going on, like basketball, Fire the and hockey, <laughs> and, <laughs> and baseball's coming up, and and still NFL's is pretty much dominating the sports news because they they understand what what it takes to to bring in and keep fans especially the younger fans uh but teams teams are set up where all 30 teams feel like they could compete um am oh, sorry all 32 teams feel like they could compete and with baseball you just don't get that same feeling and uh it's it is it's just like i don't know, i feel like baseball has a lot of work to do to to regain its popularity i feel feel like it's really fading as
3: well, here here's what here's what Jeff. Just pick off where you're what where, where you're putting it down. I think baseball should be determined about players on from players on the field, not from executives up in the booth. So that's why I'll always be I'll always take this little excerpt from one of my favorite or one of my mentors is I'm into analytics, not analytics. <laughs> so and and I think bringing around to the, where you said Blake Snell. I think we got robbed of greatness and what could have been. But, I mean, it's a new year, and uh, definitely the Rays have to uh, learn how to spend some money because scared money don't make no money. Remember that.
2: Yeah, no, I I feel like everybody's going to have that sour taste in their mouth. What could have been, and I, I feel like that—that's just it. What could have been? It's not the fact that we know. It's not the fact that we're going back and forth that, oh, he could have, he could have won that game. We could have went to Game Seven. We don't know that because ultimately he was pulled. So we're ultimately going to be stuck with the decision. What could have happened? But at the end of the day, it's over with. It's done. Blake Snell's now a Padre with Fernando Tatis and you Darvish. So we're gonna watch that Padres team try to explode.
3: Yeah. It's, Anybody it's, have the details of that Tatis, Like fourteen, three hundred and fifty, right? Yeah, yeah 14, fourteen years, years.
1: three hundred and forty million. Which obviously Full that three hundred forty million. Guaranteed. Yeah,
3: yeah. Fully um, guaranteed. For everyone that for everyone that doesn't know, all baseball contracts
5: are fully guaranteed. So
1: you I mean three hundred and forty million, obviously that's a ton of money, but uh twenty four million a year uh for a nineteen year old superstar, uh they'll have him locked in through age thirty three. Um he still should really could, he could at that end of that deal still be, possibly in his prime. Um, at twenty four million a year, he would be right now the forty seventh forty seventh highest paid player in the NBA. Forty six. MLB. Er, no, no, no. I'm saying in the NBA, there's forty six players that make more than okay. twenty four million a year. Um, yeah,
3: for, and yeah. Name some, name some of them. Name some of them, gems please.
1: Uh, let's see. Uh, Lamarcus Aldridge, um, Buddy Hield. Um guys that are Good far Lord. from being superstars. <laughs> um Steven Adams, Al Horford, D'Angelo Russell, Gordon Hayward, Otto Porter. I mean guys that like Otto Porter is barely a starter. How is Gordon Hayward still getting um,
2: paid? He can't he can't stay healthy long
1: enough. Yeah. I mean it's <laughs> but like for some reason I don't know, there's something there's something about baseball where like it's like almost like spending money is looked down on. Um in and, and you know I'm but it's it's because of the way I, that I don't know the the owners or the commissioner of, of baseball for some reason they they're not making these owners mm-hmm. have to have to spend and they're even you know set up where they've they've had for a while the um the the uh the uh, I forget what they call it, but the 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 money sharing or the, the the cap sharing, where the the teams that make the most money have to give money to the teams that don't.
3: Yeah, it's called charity, Nicky Jams. It's what the Yankees and Red Sox do to the Rays year in and year out. And honestly, that I think they they still want that money, as in the ownership. So, I. I, I for baseball, it's a top-down problem, and it always will be. Until there's a salary cap, you're going to continue to see teams spending this kind of crazy money, and you're going to see, like, the Machado deals, the Trout deals, the Harper deals, and now the Tatis but, deal.
2: Yeah, but you spe- know what I mean?
1: But and speaking Even, of, even but speaking as far as the, the fans, um, or, or I don't know if it's the media or the or the fans, it's almost like, like the, the Yankees and Dodgers right now are, are looking to spend every last cap dollar, Um Yankees are about five million under the cap. Rays are 130 million under the cap. Um and it's almost like the Yankees and the teams that spend every last dollar are looked at as buying their, their championships or, or or the kind of unfairly getting the putting together these teams when for some reason we don't like they're looked at more negatively than the teams that that don't spend. And it's like almost like you know, why? Why are we worried about owners and their money? Like, they, they, well, what, well, I, what, I, what I think it's come down to is people don't. What
2: people aren't realizing, and, I, and this is my whole wholehearted opinion, and this is what I think people aren't realizing is when you look at these big contracts. Yes, Trout signed for four hundred million. Yes, Bryce Harper signed for three hundred thirty million. Yes, Fernando Tatis just signed for three hundred and fifty or forty million. But you're not looking at the number in front of it they're 10 plus years that's breaking money down. So granted, yes, it sounds like it's, oh, 400 million. Yeah, he's making 400 million, but he's only making maybe 15, 20 million, 25 of it every year. It's broke down. And the fact that, okay, yeah, they're spending money, they're spending money. They're, in all honesty, they're really not. And half the, half the money that they're making is all coming from other revenue shares that they're not even making money from. Like the actual player as far as like, um, merchandise being sold. It's basically just slapping the name on a stadium, and guess what? They can pay their top player whatever they want.
3: Is, is it? Please tell me there's like a no trade clause in that deal. I mean, well, you, genius you hope. genius for his agent. But if you have a no, if you don't have a no trade clause, and you're only getting paid like twenty four million dollars a year and, until you're what? Until you're thirty four. That's just about right out of your prime.
1: Ah. Uh, Listen to I don't this. Know,
3: I bet. I mean, that's guaranteed money. That's guaranteed money.
1: According so, to according to Forbes, the Tampa Bay Rays are worth 1.05 billion dollars. The owner Stu, Stu Sternberg bought them for 200 million. So, uh, he he has a 800 million dollar profit in the Rays. I don't for sell, some reason. Sold the
3: Vinick. Sold the Vinick. <laughs> yeah, just it's just like, the day.
1: Do we feel bad for him or you know, I don't understand like the I don't. I just don't understand the the, I guess the the reputation that that owners get for trying to save money. You know, he he should really be. He, he, your baseball shouldn't allow owners to to spend as little as as teams do, and I think it's a, a huge problem that they need to put in a salary cap floor. They need to make sure um, it's more than five. 10 teams competing for a World Series every year. I mean, especially with a long 162 game season. I mean, you need more than you you need really all the teams to be competitive. And I feel like it's it's the haves and the haves have nots in, in baseball. And you don't see that in, in the NFL, you don't see that in NBA, NHL. Um there's maybe a couple teams every year that are bad, but they're not giving up. They're they're rebuilding or competing. Uh, it seems like every fan base has something to, to root for. I mean, obviously the Rays are somewhat of an exception because they found ways to win um, and and putting together good teams with a low low uh, cap space, but or you know low low spending. But still, it's just uh, it's a bad look for the sport. And, um,
2: was well, a race fan, yeah. I mean, you can't really get too happy when you, yeah, you, yeah, they're still winning. But look what happens every time they go to a World Series. They dismantled their team. Then they didn't go, they didn't, weren't even competitive for at least two or three years. Then they, then they, then they start talking playoffs. Now they got to the World Series again. They dismantled their team. I don't even think they make the playoffs next year, to be honest with you but that's just me this is how i feel about it the
0: price is wrong
2: bitch
3: <laughs> oh a little uh 25th anniversary by the way for the old happy gilmore
2: <laughs> yes sir
1: i think the well, the the chris archer signing i think it's it's one of those things where they they do moves like that to kind of appease the fans and make it look like oh, they're they're please. trying so no
3: the, these these rays fans are trying no I'm sorry, like uh, Tampa Bay Radio, Rays fans, all everywhere listening. You know, you were just making fun of the Pirates for getting dogs because Archer sucked. Now you're gonna have that sucky Archer back on your team. So you know, stop it. I don't want to hear this optimistic. We just fleeced them. It was the best deal of all time. (laughs) No, it wasn't. I'm sorry. It's not. You're gonna be boring baseball like usual. You're gonna win the casual. Eighty games, eighty plus games, because you never know with this team, because it's a bunch of D leaguers, right? Right. And and uh, it is what it is. You have Glasgow and I guess that's about, that's that's your only ace. You you just gave away a great deal for a Cy Young award winner. It, it makes no sense. Like you, uh, Kier Myers. <laughs> Tim Miner only comes alive in the playoffs, it seems like, and it was just last year. But besides that, he's a two hundred hitter and a gold glove, and he's getting overpaid for the race. For the race. I always say that for defense, the race. Because he has a great contract for any other team but the race. So
2: For sure. All right, well yeah, for sure. No, I agree with you. But uh we're gonna take a quick break. So if you have any questions, comments, concerns, you can uh give us a call, seven two seven five one eight zero eight twenty. We're gonna uh come back and we're going to talk probably a little bit of, we're going to talk a little bit of lightning. I'm going to talk about this uh should we press the panic button? Probably not. I think they're no. just a little frustrated. No, you got to tease it, man. Oh. But uh I'm going to
3: freak we'll out. We'll talk
2: about we'll talk about the lightning. We'll definitely talk about the Carson Wentz trade with the with the Colts, who we think won that, who we think lost that. Um and many more. So uh stay tuned 727-518-0820 back in a moment.
0: Keep me cool. Back, back to the, the show. show. Welcome
2: back. Listen. The Big 8. Listen hard. The TB4 Sports Show. Hey, look, Tony, just for you. It's your famous drums.
3: I
0: hate these damn drums.
2: <laughs> Welcome back to the TB4 Sports Show. We appreciate everybody who's listening from wherever you're listening on radio, whether it's uh, 820 AM, 96.7 Hillsboro, or 98.3 Pinellas. If you have any or questions from, comments, or
3: from Daytona from the phone, baby.
2: <laughs> and of course, Professor Pelly live from Daytona on the beach in the back of a truck just laying it out. If you have any what? questions, comments, concerns, feel free to call in 727-518-0820. We love to hear from you. It's the fans that make the show. But of course, we're, now we're going to get into our uh our not so luxurious lightning right now. What is going on in the NHL with the Lightning?
3: Well, uh, who you asking? You asking me your gems? Go ahead, Tony. Ooh, okay, okay. Um, well, I'm in the back of a, a truck right now, uh, sipping champagne, <laughs> and um, only uh, it's because the Lightning are going back to back, and I'm not worried about being uh, what is it one for four in our last four games, or what is it one for three in our last four games. Not worried at all. We're going through a little dry spell right now. Have you ever been through a little dry spell? You know that's not so fun. But the fun thing is what comes after. And I want to see this team um, go through this little cold spell they're going on. And then once they bounce right back up, like we all know they're going to, because they're the best team in the league when everybody's healthy. Remember, Kucherov's still not here. Even though Stamkos got one shot on net last night, we lost 4-0. It's going to be okay. It's gonna
1: be okay. Yeah, no. R e l a x. No, I feel Relax. I feel you, speaking about Rogers, I was gonna say, do you have a, a thirty pack in the back of your, your pickup truck like Rogers did?
3: No, I got. <laughs> I, I, I remember. Remember, I only drink champagne now. I only drink champagne. Champagne.
2: Champagne
3: and champagne and water.
2: Oh lord. Well, speaking um, of our luxurious lightning, you know. we we love our lightning. I think we are going to go back to back because we just have the, I think we just have the best damn team in the league to do it. But uh, we're going to hear from John Cooper last night. He uh, talked a little bit about just how like the lightning, were not disciplined in, in this game. And you could tell where they've made some mistakes, you know, like constantly just getting checked at the blue line, but we'll, uh, we'll let John Cooper clear this up for you guys. I mean, they're like a really good
0: hockey team. So I don't know if it's their style is frustrating. Um, it'd be nice to get the lead against them and, and see how they play when, when that happens. But uh, we haven't been able to do that. I, I, I don't think it was in really anything they did. We, they, they play the same way. And if any team in the league plays one way, they, they pretty much stick to the way they play. And we weren't disciplined enough to keep playing the way we needed to. And, you know, we'd played four 20 minute periods of scoreless hockey against them. And, you know, they got a, a lucky one. Like that's, that's what happens against two good teams. They had a, a lucky one went in and, and then we chased it. And then we started turning the puck over, uh, doing all these things that, you know, when you're trying to win a one, nothing two one game, you can't do. And that was our lack of discipline is we couldn't stick with the game plan.
2: So there you go, John Cooper, telling you that, hey Amen. Just not sticking with the game plan, and you could definitely tell that, that that's what they were not doing last night. You know, they just they just seemed a little out of, out of sorts. It felt like they were always chasing the puck; they weren't ever really taking control of it. Uh, Carolina did a very good job, I feel like, at protecting the blue line. You know, they always, especially hearing these guys like Brian Ingblom Englo- and uh, and these other guys last night on. Fox Sports Sun you know they talk about how like it's always that first pass when you get into the zone what do you do with it it's what makes or breaks you when you when you can set up for an offensive zone and actually get some, get some shots on goal but Carolina wasn't having it that first pass coming into the blue coming into the zone past the blue line they were ready they were checking it they had three guys up so I mean we'll, we'll see what happens I, I think the lightning are just fine there's no need to hit any button I think they're just a little frustrated right now they're uh they're working through it, and once the goals start going in, I-, I feel bad for whoever's in front of them after that because they're going to be going off.
3: Yeah, it's it's what's the lightning get rolling and the floodgates are open. There's just no stopping them. And, and they'll add insult to injury to this team. Uh, Cedric Pock had scored a goal against us last night. You guys might remi- uh, remember him from last year's Stanley Cup team as our fourth-line center and our excellent penalty killer. And um, that just things a little bit, but hey, you know, you get shut out in Carolina twice, losing, uh, you know, 1-0 in overtime, and then getting your asses kicked, 4-0, so uh, we'll see how we can bounce back as Lightning fans, and also the team, so.
2: Well, let's hear, uh, We'll also, courtesy of Lightning, let's also hear from Steven Stamkos as he talks a little bit about it last night and what happened, and uh, he feels like they're they didn 't allow much, and then they have a tenacious forechecking checking team and we 'll see uh, let 's just hear from Stanco see what he 's got to say
6: well I mean that 's the way that 's the style that they play i mean they, they don 't allow much they're they're a tenacious forechecking checking team they're a puck possession team so i don 't think you can go in and expect to you know have thirty forty shots against them. I think you need to be comfortable playing a certain style of game um, and it 's not going to be a you know a five four game uh, certainly. You know, they, they bring their best against us this year. We haven't even scored a goal yet. So we have to expect a, a one nothing, 2 nothing, you know, 2-1 style of game. And I thought once we were down... Um, we, we just we chased the game, and, and that's what happened. You see in the third, I think we only had three or four shots. It just, um, you know, we, we strayed away from the game plan a little bit, and, and they bounced on some turnovers that, that we had and, and scored. So we just have to come in with the mindset that it's going to be a really close game and be comfortable with that, which I know our group is. So uh, I expect a, a good bounce-back game from us next game.
2: You got to love it from your captain when he talks about he expects a good bounce-back game from your Team.
3: Oh, oh yeah, one hundred percent. That that man, champagne campaign, Stamkos.
2: <laughs> and you gotta also remember, man. This is this is also a lightning team that's doing that did a lot of this offensive scoring the beginning of the season where they're hitting a little bit of a rough patch now without Nikita Kucherov. He's out out the whole year. You know, they're they're without Anthony Sorelli right now. Um, I, I forget. There's an uh, there's a Mitchell Stevens. They're also without who got hurt early in the year. Um, well, those,
3: well, the big guy, the big guys are. We we knew Kucherov was going to yeah. be out, but Sorelli not being there—that's our second line center. So it kind of mixes things up. And we know Tyler is not the same Tyler Johnson as we once knew. No, but taking he, care still, he still could get you. Yeah, he still could get you a couple points a game, but um, every now and then. But not, nothing consistent anymore. That's for sure.
2: But then you also got like you. You also have these young guys that are coming in and. Yeah, they got they got some playing time last year, especially in some crucial time, you know, in the playoffs and in the Stanley Cup final. But they're still young and they still have a lot to learn, and they're 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 all trying to play on the same page. They're all trying to play the right way. They want to be in unison. So you have like Alexander Volkov. He's coming out. He's got a hell of a show out here. You know, Matthew Joseph is really, I feel like, coming on well this year. You have a new guy, Jamel Smith, coming up who has been up the last couple weeks because of the injuries to Mitchell Stevens and to Anthony Sorelli needing those extra guys. Um, We haven't seen a whole lot of Cal Foot lately. Is is that going to be an issue? What's going on with him? Are we going to start seeing more of Mr. Barboulet as we're catching tones of him being at practice this week? So I mean, I think the lightning are gonna be just fine. Uh Vassie seemed a little on uh, a little on edge last night. He didn't seem like he was like full zoned in, Vasilevsky. You could tell he seemed a little a little off. Not not a lot, but just a little off. And that that's all it takes for lightning. It's just, sometimes they're just a little off and some things just don't go their way. And it happens, man. I mean, the lightning, like I said, the one stat that kind of sticks out that people might freak out, who, they they haven't been they haven't had a goose egg left so they haven't been shut out twice in the same season up until this year. The last two seasons, they were only shut out twice in a in a matter of two seasons. This year, they were shut out twice by the same team within yep. a couple weeks of each other. But yep. it's it's I don't I don't think it's anything to to hit a panic button, uh, a freak out. Oh my gosh, what's going on with this team? No, it's just the simple fact that every now and then, every dog has his day. People, you you hit the bottom, and then now you gotta figure it out. They'll figure it out. They'll come back strong. I think they win the next game, which is tomorrow night. Uh, I think they come home for Carolina, but I'm not sure about that one. I have to look that up. But uh, I think the Lightning are just fine. Well, uh, we got one more clip. Well, I want to hear from Alex Galore just talking about in the post game, talking about a little bit of comments on what he thought happened in the
0: game last night, and then uh, that'll be it. Yeah, I think that's the way these games are typically with them. It's kind of uh, a battle of patience, you know, in the first two periods, even though there's an unlucky goal. Um, You know, it's not like we're playing terrible. I think we kind of forced things in the third. And, you know, I'm sure you talked to other guys that said, you know, we kind of got out of our system a little bit because we were trying to fight back and score that goal. And you just got to stick with it. Um, We were getting some chances, just uh, kind of got away from us there.
2: Yeah, I think Yeah, so I feel like the the lightning are just fine.
3: Oh, I have no worries, like I said, zero. This team is gonna be in the top four of their division, they're gonna make the playoffs, and then it's ball game from there. It's time to defend the cup. Okay, it's time to defend the and, cup.
2: And my last my last thought on this before we take our before we take another break here in a minute. Um we also gotta remember that these these other teams that we're losing to aren't the teams of old that we're used to, you know, the Florida Panthers aren't just a slouch team anymore. They actually have a legit good team and they can compete. The Carolina, the uh, Carolina Hurricanes, same way. They, uh, they like to compete. They, they have got some pieces. I mean, they added Seti Paquette, and I feel like Seti Paquette was one of the better pieces we had last year for the Lightning. Um, hated to see the guy go, but a, unfortunately, when people get put in a, in a finance, financial situations, you got to make your, your play with best what you, with what you have. So, but the Lightning, I think it would be just fine. Vassi will get get it right. I feel like he was a little off last night, but Vasio will get it right. Um, You know, these other guys will get it picked up. Stamkos, of course, he's not going to let it stay down for long. Braden Point, last night, you know, there was one play, like, he he came around the net, and he tried to, you could tell he just tried to force the puck into the net. And I'm like, dude, like, the goalie was already beat. If you would have just came back around and just took a regular shot, you probably could have got it off and it probably would have went in. But you know that's, that's just that's just that's just what happens He's, with the easier frustrations. Easier
3: said than done, right? Easier said than done.
2: Well, yes, it's <laughs> always easier said than done. But if you just watch the play, you could tell, like you could tell, he, he seemed like he forced it a little, and that's just what the lightning are doing right now. They're 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 forcing a lot. They're not doing what they did last year, where they were playing solid defense and they were patient. This is
3: yeah, this and is they'll get u- back to it.
2: They'll get back to is,
3: it. This is the usual bad lighting. You know the look. What I can do. I'm going to be a show-off real fast, and we're going to see how we can play against the guys that are actually good, and then we're just going to tease them. It's kind of like a rope-a-dope. We show off. We have these ticky-tack passes. We try to be too cute with the cross eyes. Yeah, picked off, and it just happens every single time. And what happens? You get the first laugh. You win the battle, but we win the war. Tampa Bay, we're going back-to-back. I'm saying it here now.
2: And you heard it first right here on the TB4 Sports Show. Professor Pelly <laughs> And on that note, we're going to take another quick break, and when we come back, we'll uh, we'll dive into the Carson Wentz trade. We'll see uh, who who do we think won that that trade. Did the Colts win? Did the, the Eagles win? Is Jalen Hurts still going to be the starter even with Carson Wentz out? We'll let you chew on that, and we'll get back to it when we get back. Got any questions, comments, concerns? 727-518-0820. 2B4.
1: 2B4. 2 4
0: all right, let's get, get back, back to, to the, the show. show. It's the TB4 Sports Show with Radio Johnny, Nikki Jones, and Tony on the Big, Big Eight
3: live. I'm just kidding. That's Zach Dell. This is Tony. I was, uh, we're I'm actually in Daytona Beach right now, relaxing outside of a beautiful Airbnb and in the back of a truck bed. Uh, Getting my tan on while Johnny and Nikki Gems are in the office working like monkeys. So (laughs) (laughs) anyway, um, we teased a little bit about the Carson Wentz deal, and we're going to get a little into it. Actually, we're going to get a lot into it. We're going to deep dive this trade right now. Um, Anybody, Gems, Johnny, do you guys have the trade details for the Carson Wentz deal?
2: So, yes, uh, the Philadelphia Eagles, obviously everybody knows, has agreed to trade Carson Wentz to the Indianapolis Colts in exchange for a 2021 third-round pick and a conditional 2022 second-round pick. That could become a first-round
1: pick. And, Nikki Jims, how can that happen? It'll happen either if Carson Wentz plays 75% of the snaps in 2021 or 70% of the snaps along with a playoff appearance. So uh, either of those two things happen that – uh, will turn into a first round pick for uh, the the Eagles. Uh, Eagles in 2022.
3: So, so it's probably going to be a first round pick. Can we all agree on this?
2: So that's saying that I mean that Carson Wentz is going to play seventy percent of the
1: snaps and make the playoffs. That's you're counting on or Carson Wentz's 75% health. Then. Of <laughs> I, I think his health is a big question and and part of why um, he's on the move. But I mean, he, he not only that, but he he played last year he, he got you know bouncing back from an injury but he he just looked he looked like a different quarterback he looked awful at times and made a lot of really questionable throws that almost really made me forget that he was an mvp mvp candidate at one point
2: well i think yeah and exactly go ahead john go ahead well no i was just gonna say i feel like he's a I feel like he, that whole eagles team was just a little horrible you know <laughs> you know, it's hard. It's hard to keep your. It's hard to keep while well, you hear the honk, co- cars honking the horns back over there.
3: You know, yeah, we, no, we're in Daytona, boys. This live t- Daytona. Daytona. <laughs> yeah, so I, live from Daytona, Jim Pelly. Follow yeah, me. Yeah. Anyway, go ahead, Johnny.
2: Sorry. <laughs> you gotta love it. You gotta love it, brother. They do
3: it again. I'll go smack them. I right,
2: uh, no. <laughs> no, man, it's kind of hard for your quarterback to make plays when you, your offensive line can't protect them. I just see a lot. I just see a lot of goods, a lot of good things for for Carson Wentz going to the Eagles, you know, or going to the Colts. My bad, you know. Just the Eagles weren't the, the Eagles weren't it. I feel like after Frank Reich left, he didn't. He didn't know, like he didn't know how to how to approach anything, approach how the Eagles are going about things. The, it seemed like between him and the Eagles, they they all weren't nobody they weren't meshing. It just wasn't working for Carson Wentz. They went then they went and drafted Jalen Hurts, and then how how are you gonna feel like that? Like you're you're a top caliber quarterback, and then they go pick up one of the premier quarterbacks who was showing out in college, and it, it did well his first couple games in the NFL. And okay. Jalen Hurts. So I feel like Carson Wentz steps into a better situation than Nindy where they have a hell of an offensive line. They're gonna protect him. He has yeah. weapons he has weapons to throw to and Jack Doyle at tight end. And then you have Michael Pittman Jr. who they just drafted last year. You have T. Y. Hilton and you it's have other and then you have running backs. You know, Jonathan Taylor showed out to be a dog last year. You still have yep. Neam Himes. Do you uh, sign one Yeah, Mar- Jonathan, Do you yeah sign... Jonathan
3: Taylor third in the league in rushing last year, yeah. I believe?
2: Yep, with over 1,000 yards rushing. Do you sign Marlon Mack this year? Do you keep him to have a three-back punch, or do you let Marlon Mack go and then just run Hines and join the Taylor? He doesn't know, but I feel like (laughs) Carson Wentz and then having Frank Reich back as his head coach, I just feel like Carson Wentz is going to be in a much better situation, and the defense over there is not horrible either. Don't go to sleep on the Colts
1: defense. I I, I agree. I think the biggest factor is the fact that you clearly have a Colts team that wants him. They traded for him, and they have uh, offensive coordinator Frank Reich, who got the best out of him in his year that the Eagles went to the Super Bowl. Obviously, they had Foles as a quarterback in the playoffs, but I think it makes a huge difference when you see Wentz going to a team, the Colts, that fully believes in him and they they fully support him. And uh, you know, he, it's it's a mental thing when it comes to being a quarterback, and he knows he's wanted there at the. For the Eagles last year, when after as soon as they drafted Hurts, there's definitely a, a question mark in his mind. Do they really want me here? Mm-hmm. Am I really the quarterback of the future? Or you know, if I can't really be the quarterback of the future if they drafted Jalen Hurts? So.
3: Well, I, I think Jalen Hurts was uh, that that dr- Howie Roseman doesn't know what he's doing, and the Howie Roseman for the people at home that don't know is the Philadelphia <laughs> the Eagles GM, and he has been. He he's sat through many of years of bad organization moves. Um, and, and I know even want to get, that's a whole other 15-minute segment in, in itself. So we're not going to get into that. However, this Eagles organization is upside down because of it. Look at it. You had an MVP in Carson Wentz. And was the true mastermind Frank Wright? We're about to find out because now Carson Wentz, the last time he was good as a quarterback before that injury, when he was an MVP quarterback, he had Frank Wright since then hasn't been so good. So we're going to see if it w- that's actually a yeah. good scheme fit, more so the player. I think the player, Carson Wentz, is not, a, is not good. He's just an average quarterback. He's not anything special. But maybe that coaching is what he needs just to be that above-average quarterback and a little bit better than Phillip Rivers might be. So he might have a better season than him. But they have to resign T.Y. Hilton and such, too. But from the other side, right, the Colts, what are they getting? They're getting Carson Wentz. The Eagles, they're getting a third-rounder this year. And then a second-rounder that can be a first-rounder if he plays 70%. 70% of the snaps and makes the playoffs, or just 75% of the snaps and doesn't make the playoffs. How easy is that? That's playing in 12 – that's pretty much playing in 12 games.
2: Mm -hmm. Well, I just have to say, man, I mean – Carson, Wentz. with the
3: with the with the better O line, if you get hurt, that's on you, Carson. Carson wins <laughs> should have
2: I mean? Carson wins should have better MVP like numbers than he had the year he probably would have won the MVP went before he went down and Nick Foles ultimately led that Eagles team to win the Super Bowl. Oh, but,
3: oh that's another story in itself. Like, come dude, on. they
2: were they were what twelve and 0 The Eagles were twelve and 0 Carson wins I think had thirty five touchdowns and somewhere around seven interceptions or something like that. Somewhere in that ballpark. I'm, I'm probably not – I'm not trying to say that I'm exactly right on those numbers. I'm probably a little off, but I'm just saying he had 30-plus touchdowns and less than 10 interceptions. And then he comes back the next year, and it, I just feel like the Eagles team just did not help him out at all. Who do you have to throw to? You mean you go get an old busted-up Deshaun, D- Deshaun Jackson – you play, have play Alshon Jeffrey, you can't do anything. You traded Nelson Aguilar. You traded him to the Vegas Raiders. So now you don't have him anymore. Zach Ertz was hurt most of the year. He didn't have him.
1: I, I think Wentz was ex- Goddard, ex- extremely then fortunate mm-hmm. to have Brandon this situation Brooks. come up for the Colts and Rivers retiring and his former offensive coordinator being there. I think he just he landed in the perfect spot. We were even talking, I think a few weeks ago, um, the way that Carson Wentz played last year, and the way his contract um, is set up, I almost thought he was untradable. I thought I thought the Eagles were almost stuck with him, um, and and they wouldn't be able to find someone to take on that contract with the way he, how how bad he looked last year. But I'm with you. The Eagles weren't, um, you know, the didn't have much around him. Colts, I think, are are just a quarterback away, which almost makes me think, you know, what I feel like maybe. They could have done a little bit better. Like obviously, Deshaun Watson's name gets brought up with every team that needs a quarterback. But um, yeah, right. I, I feel like the Colts are are a solid team on both sides of the ball. Have a, a solid offensive line, running back, receiver. They have young stars at really every position. And I feel like he, Wentz is really fortunate to to get that spot. Um, looking at his contract, he's he's due uh, twenty five point four million. All guaranteed this upcoming year, uh, next year, 22 million, but only uh, 15 million guaranteed. after that, um, 23, 2023 is getting uh, 25 million, but zero guaranteed, 20, 24, 26 million, zero guaranteed. So you know what that means? Not a nothing guaranteed. that means they could just be cut and let go for nothing. so
2: but that Eagle's Cap hit's getting hit for like 33 million next year.
1: Yeah, yeah, because so. of the trade. So I mean, I I really thought it was going to be hard for him to to find a, another team this year, but I think he landed in the perfect spot. So it'll be interesting and, to see if yeah, if he stays we, we healthy. said it
3: we said it months ago on this show that Carson Wentz to the Colts was definitely happening, and and. It's just to tell you, we we don't need to hear expert analysis from other people. We are the experts. So <laughs> just, just saying, just yeah. saying. There is still we a don't... lot of
1: teams looking for a quarterback. That it's still up in the air. And that, and going back, going back to our, our first points of the day, NFL just dominates the news cycle all year round. <laughs> they they know how to. How, I mean, they're just doing everything right when it comes to the draft, the Hall of Fame. Off-season moves—it's the—it's just constantly yeah. solid news for keeping sports fans entertained all year round. But then you you look at other sports and they, especially baseball. Going back to that, like they they just they're just not making these same kind of same kind of uh, moves to to keep their sport popular. And I just think the NFL is just just dominating when it comes to that. <laughs>
3: Well, yeah, absolutely agree. I mean, NFL is king. They're trailblazing the way on how to do things, especially in this COVID mark it down <laughs> protocol era that we live in. So, yes. So, I know you're it's in Mark the tally. But yep. Thank you, sir. Thank you, James. Uh, keep it warm, baby. Keep it warm. <laughs> but, but, um, Carson Wentz is just another domino to fall. Um, what, what's What's coming up next? Like, what's the next domino? Is it Watson? Is it finally time? He gets dealt before, right before the draft, where the offers are the high. It is smoke season now, up until the draft, so we gotta be aware of that. But with with the deal that with Stafford and now with Wentz, where what what is gonna be the next domino to fall in the QB carousel?
1: I'm really excited to see where Watson goes because I think there's so many teams that that stand out that. If you add Watson to that to that team, he they're they're instantly a Super Bowl contender. I think the the one that stands out the most to me is the forty ers If Watson or a, Watson goes there, they get a, a solid quarterback, I think forty ers are a super bowl contender. Um the Raiders are interesting because they have they have Carr and Mariota, but they I feel like if they had a solid QB next year, they you'll talk about them as a playoff team. Um it, and on that note, hell of a tease Nikki Gems, cause we'll we gotta take a quick break
2: because we kinda missed ours at the top of the hour. But uh
0: join us join us
2: back in a few minutes, seven two seven five one eight zero eight twenty if you'd like to call in. And uh we'll break down the Deshaun Watson. Where where do we think he's gonna go? Who do you think we, he's gonna fit? Where is he gonna fit best? And uh and more, man. We'll we'll continue to come around the horn if you wanna go that way. <laughs> It is the TB4 Sports Show.
0: Back, back, back to the show.
6: Welcome back.
0: Listen The Big 8. Listen hard. The TB4 Sports Show.
2: Hey, look, it's Tony's favorite. Yo, I'm, I'm unbelievable. I hate these drums. Anyway, <laughs> welcome back
0: to the TB4 <laughs> Sports Show. Welcome back to
3: the TB4 <laughs> Sports Show. This is Tony, Nikki, Jams, Radio John Decker, and we are the TB4 Sports Show. Uh, if you want to call in, 727-518-0820. I am live from the beautiful Daytona Beach, where it's about 70 degrees with a breeze, maybe 65 in the shade. And gems is at a comfortable 75 degrees in the studio. And so is Johnny. So, the tale of two worlds, and uh, yeah. speaking of the tale of two worlds.
2: It's actually 69 uh, in the Watson studio.
3: Is, <laughs> yeah, Sean Watson and the Texans, the tale of two worlds. Um, Deshaun Watson, wanting to trade out of Houston. And who doesn't want to get out of Houston? I know I wanted to get out of Houston as soon as I got there uh, for the bills uh, texans playoff game the year that they played. I wanted to get out of there, so I can't blame the guy. However, not so easy, my friend. When you signed a five-year contract extension well, just last year, Gems, do you think Deshaun Watson goes anywhere?
1: I, I do. I, I think that I, – I think that uh, – one, he he definitely deserves to play for a contender. And I think he thought that, I mean, really, the Texans, a year or two ago, they looked like one of the the, the best up-and-coming teams in the league with stars really on both sides of the ball. You think uh, Watson and DeAndre Hopkins seemed like they were going to be a, a unstoppable QB wide receiver duo for at least the ne- next 10 years. Um, stars on the, the other side of the ball, like J.J. Watt and – um, they've had Tyron Matthew. They've had a lot of other stars on their team go, um, making just terrible moves under uh, uh, Bill O'Brien. Uh, the for whatever reason why they gave him GM responsibilities along with the coaching job, that just blows my mind. And then, um, yeah, I think also the fact that you see what. Um, the Lions were able to get for Matthew Stafford. I think that's the minimum of what the Texans could get for Deshaun Watson. Um, they, they could really, um, they, I mean, just as is. I don't think that the Texans, even with Deshaun Watson, or, are a contender this year. So why not trade him, get a bunch of first-round picks or other uh, draft picks to to rebuild? Um, look forward to the to the future. Um, you'll probably. If they trade him, they'll be at the, near the bottom of the league and get an, another top pick uh, the following year. I, I just don't see the reason to play hardball with Deshaun Watson at this point when they're not making any other moves to to make them a contender or put people around him.
3: I completely agree.
1: And I, I, think, mean, the, but, well, they, I think there's just a, a huge market as well for a lot of teams that they need a quarterback that... I'm sure already have put in offers for them, but I think it, as the the draft nears and the, um, I think the offers will start to pick up. I think they're going to get an offer that they they just can't turn down. It just doesn't make sense for them to be turning down multiple first round picks and uh, multiple draft picks to just play hardball just for the sake of playing hardball to keep Deshaun Watson. When if they really wanted him, why aren't they putting? Why aren't they getting any other free agents? Why aren't why aren't they Making any other moves this off season, the only thing you hear about is they're they're playing hardball with Watson. But what for? You know.
3: I absolutely agree. Um, I think Watson. I think they actually do play hardball with uh, Deshaun Watson. Here's why. You have that man under control for his contract extension that he signed not just just over a year ago. That's insane. I get it. I get it. That you hate it. And I get it the fact of the matter is that you you want to get traded but business is business and if business is business business says that you're ass is staying in Houston and there's nothing you can do about it you can cry all you want you know what I mean I yeah, no,
1: I'm, I'm I, I get that side of it as well like you, you know you have to live up to your you know you have to live up to your contract you have to you have to to play if, if they don't want to trade him you know that's you know he's got to play he I mean obviously he has the ability to to sit out if he really wanted to, but that's just going to hurt his his stock. I think that, and I, I get that side of it, but at the same time, when he made that deal, um, and, and signed that deal, I think you know, in, in football, it's a little bit different than other sports where contracts aren't guaranteed. Uh, there's a huge injury risk, so when you have the chance to sign a long-term extension, whether or not. You think you're going to be with the Texans for that whole deal? Uh you, you it's hard to turn down that money in the NFL.
0: Oh,
3: yeah, cuz nothing is ever guaranteed with the the money. Absolutely. Absolutely. I'm on board there with you, Gems. He, he could um, be in a
1: position just like Dak Prescott where okay, he's he's he's, you know, living up to his contract, you know, playing even though he he wanted a long-term deal. He he got franchise tagged, but you know, obviously Dak kept playing. Got hurt, um, and and it might have cost him millions of dollars. You know, it, it did cost him millions of dollars um, by by playing. So if Dak played hardball and said, "Look, I want to be traded," um, or "I want a long term extension," if if he just sat out, I think he would have got what he wanted. Um, now,
3: now yeah, if you want the, the Dak Prescott situation, is kind of a little bit weary because I think that ultimately Dallas is going to have to resign. Uh, Dak. who else are you going to go after? Who else does Dak want to go to? He wants to be a cowboy. He wants that deal. Give him $38, give him $38 million. Let him, ro- let him roll out because, you know, you have the, the – that's not even going to be an expensive contract in the next five years, to be honest, especially if the salary cap goes back to what it was or, and, or even skyrockets. But that's, that's, years, that's years away. Right now, Deshaun Watson also has a no-trade clause. So if you the Jets can offer four first round draft picks for the guy, if Sean Watson doesn't want to go to the to, to the Queens, New York, he's not going to go to Queens, New York. You know what I mean? He's not going to go to East Rutherford, New Jersey. You see what I'm saying? But so far we're hearing that it's Denver, it's San Francisco, it's Denver Broncos, 49ers. Right? Out of those two gems, which one do you think that he would be? A bigger asset too, not necessarily the better team, but a bigger asset too
1: out of which two teams
3: Denver or san francisco
1: i th- I think san francisco um, i I do like Denver has a lot of young weapons, but I think they're their windows more in the future i don't think even with Deshaun Watson that you would immediately put denver in the in the Super Bowl hunt next year, but I think uh for the forty ers they're i think they I just really love the the style of play, um, run first team and and solid defense. I, I even with, with all the injuries last year, I think they were, it was extremely impressive the way that they still competed with with so many starters and players out. Um, I just I think adding Deshaun Watson to that Forty ers team immediately makes them a, a contender. And I think I, I think they're gonna if they haven't already. I'm, I'd be shocked if they haven't already offered uh, multiple picks and. And tried to get him already. I think it's just that right now, the Texans are really trying to to play hardball and and get the the highest offer they could get. Um, I, I would be shocked if if Deshaun Watson plays for the Texans next year.
3: All right. I mean i i, I will I won't be shocked, but I do think it's going to be. I think it might be one of those like halfway through the season because the Texans will be so like, will have so much pity. You know what I mean? They'll just be like, we're going to hold you until we can't hold you no more Then we're going to trade you at the deadline type thing. But cause so far, I mean, what about the organization? They just, what about them says they wouldn't do that? you know what I mean? But I myself, if I see Deshaun going anywhere, I don't know. Like, something, something tells me uh, him with Kyle Shanahan is just a match made in heaven, especially the West Coast quarterback. And yeah. this, that Kyle Shanahan operates—that we all know. I mean, if Matt Ryan can get you to do a Super Bowl with it, with Julio Jones, I can't forget about that guy. Deshaun Watson can do it off him, off of that offense himself, and have the receiving options that he's had in Houston. He just won't have Will Fuller or DeAndre Hopkins, but he seemed to do pretty good without him anyway. So,
1: I'm looking but, at the the cap space for the NFL right now, and I, I going back to to comparing sports i think mean, the nfl is just so unique in the way that every team is is really in some way or another competitive or or building building a solid team for the future there's only there's not many teams that you would say just are completely out of it have have no shot for for making the playoffs and say next 2 3 years i think every team's in the hunt and uh looking at the cap space there's 11 teams over the cap that uh, have to make moves and and uh, restructure contra- contracts to get under the cap next season. Every, Name them. Um, uh, the 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 team in the worst oh. situation is the New Orleans Saints, actually sixty five million over the cap as is right now. So uh, not for long, buddy. Not for um, long. It, this,
3: there he is. There's Johnny. Was <laughs> back.
1: Eagles are thirty seven million over the cap. Rams twenty five million over. Chiefs eighteen million over the cap. Steelers fourteen million over, Falcons twelve million over, Raiders nine million over, Vikings six million over, Packers four million over, Uh, Bears and Lions both around one million over the cap. Um, But what's interesting, I think, about the NFL is the way uh, you could you can make moves because of the fact that most contracts aren't guaranteed, and of the way you can restructure contracts. Um, I know just. As a Packers fan, I know some of the moves they've done lately. Uh they they cut uh Ricky Wagner, they cut Christian Kirkley. Yeah, but you're um, opening
3: up the opening up spots for JJ Watt, bro. Yeah, you're opening, ex- exactly. You're, you're, so you're even opening up for e- JJ
1: Watt. Even though those teams are over the cap, they there's and there's talk of um they're going to restructure Aaron Rodgers' contract, they're going to restructure DeVonte Adams. Um the and uh, David Bakhtiari, for example, um they they took his uh I believe his signing bonus of I don't know, I think about 10-12 million. They restructured it in a way where it gets spread out over the entire i think four or five years of his deal so they saved about ten million or i think twelve million in cap space for next year just by spreading that money across the deal so there's a lot of different things you could do to to kind of restructure deals um you can ex- you know make ex- like a uh, i think with a uh, Adams and and Rodgers are talking about giving them extensions, but then kind of in a way spreading bonuses over the length of the deal that will make their cap hit for 2021 go down and give them more space to spend money next year. Um, And and just goes back to what we're talking about with uh, cap space or or the the cap uh, situations in each sport. In the NFL, it's like every team is trying to spend every last dollar. They're trying to do everything they could to either get under the cap or make moves to spend every last dollar to compete and, and be competitive for this year. There's only a, a handful of teams that are really not going to be competitive next year. Um, and the, the teams at the top for the most cap space uh, for NFL, you got Jaguars with 79 million in cap space. I think you're going to see them spending a lot of it. Uh, Jets uh, with seventy five million, Patriots with sixty eight million, Colts with fifty four million. Obviously, Colts already making moves with Carson Wentz, but they have a lot of space to to even add more around him. Nikki um,
3: Jebbs, where does the where are the Bucks at?
1: Bucks right now have twenty seven million in cap space, which sounds wow. like a lot, but 27 they have twenty
3: seven million in cap space.
1: That's also you imagine
3: what you could do with twenty seven million right now for the Buccaneers. That's called tag Chris Godwin for fifteen boom
4: but that's they only 12, and have... that gave Levante
3: 12 million a year. Boom. And the... then sign Shaq to a whole new deal, but
5: you got to re the contract.
1: With with that space so they only have 44 players signed for next year. The Bucks have a lot of free agents that that 23. They're going to have to um, try to re-sign or you know they they have a lot of they have a lot of holes to fill still. Um so they're going to have to make decisions on... I don't I don't think they're going to be able to re-sign everyone. Uh, they have Chris Godwin, Shaq Barrett, um, let's see, uh Su. Uh, I'll
3: tell you why the Buccaneers might re-sign everybody. Because we just won a mother bleepin' Super Bowl, baby. Right. Don't worry, Johnny. Don't press the drop button. I'm not drinking today. Not yet till after the show. But... The mother-effin' champs, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. It's a culture, baby. It's a culture that everyone has to be bought in. I think Levante stays. I think Sue takes less money for the first time ever in his life to win again. Also, which is saying a lot. That's a bold prediction and a half. Levante stays because he wants to be that forever Buccaneer, which I – that's a legacy. At the, you know it is from Derek Brooks to Levante to Devin White. That's the legacy, and
4: yep.
5: we're
3: gonna keep on going down.
1: I, I think that's, they are gonna, cool. going to uh, to benefit from that. The fact that they're gonna get a um, I don't know, a hometown discount or a, a Super Bowl discount, where players are gonna want to play for the Bucks next year. They're gonna want to play with Brady and, and make another run for a Super Bowl. So. Whether it's those guys, well, I think definitely that's the, the number one priority, bringing those guys back. But there could be some some new free agents they look at um, that, that could possibly look to join Tampa Bay for a mm. huge discount.
2: And speaking of uh, making cap space and Deshaun Watson, and and I know people are probably looking at like crazy and they probably wouldn't think so, but what do you see the Carolina Panthers doing? They went and made all that cap space and are they going to run after Deshaun? Are they going to oh. make that run?
3: I hope not. I just got done playing Drew. The Buccaneers just got done. As a Buccaneers fan, the Buccaneers just got done playing Drew Brees for twenty years. Okay, why? Why? Why the hell are we got to spend another twenty with Watson? Go somewhere else. <laughs> you know what I mean? I speak from a I from a fan standpoint, but from a uh, expert analysis standpoint, that's what we are, Johnny and Gems. We're expert analysis. Um, yeah, bang bang baby, shots fired. Um, can, give me my drop, Johnny, please. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, but no, see, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers are going to resign everybody, and also Watson. Please don't come to Carolina. I don't want to deal with that. Go to go to Denver. You know, play my homes twice a year. I don't want to. Don't play Brady twice a year for the next three years.
4: <laughs>
2: Speaking of that, don't you go to
1: the Washington football team, and then you can play Dak twice a year. I saw um the east. on on Twitter news being made about Teddy Bridgewater unfollowed the Carolina Panthers on all of his oh, accounts. Oh. That oh. Geez. That's happening. So, that that was news I saw this morning. So, I mean, that's another team. I feel like, (laughs) man, it feels like half the league, maybe even more, half the league is wondering if they could upgrade on quarterback.
2: Because we're not just talking about just a quarterback. We're talking about the face of your franchise. We're talking about somebody who can come in and can change the culture for you. We're talking about a man who won national titles in college. We're talking about a man who can come in and can. (laughs) Like I said, change your change your team completely can make you an instant competitor. Depending on if you have, you don't need all the right pieces around you. You just need a few. You bring in Deshaun Watson. If you're a team who is in cap, who has a team, if you're a team that can spend some money and create some, then put some people around Deshaun Watson and make and create a culture to where you can have a winning culture all the time. There's a certain teams you can go to. People look at me crazy. That's why I've been preaching the Washington football team. They're young. Well, if you go to
3: Carolina, you're giving up. All right, you get, if you're going to Carolina, you give up two first-round draft picks, Teddy Bridgewater, and do you offer Christian McCaffrey, or do you keep him in your back
2: pocket? No, you don't get rid of Christian McCaffrey. That's that's like shooting yourselves in the foot. You're going to give up two or three first-rounders, essentially, if you add McCaffrey to that? No, no, man, no. You don't add McCaffrey well, to I that.
3: The, I, the, I think you get Watson to pair up with McCaffrey. I mean, that's just yeah. what... Yeah, and then plus you have Robbie Anderson and DJ Moore who are just, I believe,
1: two thousand yard receivers. I'm, I mean. I'm seeing that the Carolina Panthers have forty million in cap space as well. So it's not like they're right up against the cap. Uh I think if you're if you're yeah. making a move for Watson, there's no reason I I think and you still have there's tr- no reason to get rid of McCaffrey. And
2: you still have an NFL draft to go to. McCaffrey, yeah. no. Maybe you trade two first rounders, Bridgewater and
3: maybe a See, receiver. I'm one of, obviously I'm one of those guys. I'm one of those guys that just is I want somebody that I've seen do it more so than the, I don't than seeing somebody have potential doing it and not being able or not being able to do it right away. I don't know. Yeah, exactly. I, I just i I just want somebody I'd rather sign an all pro at a position that I need that I know that can do it instead of bending a first round draft pick on it, you know what I mean? And hoping I get something out of it.
1: I think Trevor Lawrence is probably the only, only rookie quarterback that you would say you, you would you would take over Watson, and I don't even know if that's the case. So I mean, if even if the ja- if the Jaguars got an offer for they could trade the number one pick for Watson, do you think they would do it?
3: Watson for a number one overall for Jaguars? Yeah. No, not at all.
1: I think uh, I think that's the only one that you consider, but. Even you go down no because I feel like the Jags even okay so yeah the
2: Jags give up that but the Jags shoot themselves in the foot doing that the Jags are the Jags are honestly in perfect position to completely build your own team yeah you don't right, need to right. you don't need to to spend carelessly and carelessly give away picks for one man when you're in a rebuild yourself yeah granted you still have you have your multiple pieces as a Jaguar if you're a Jaguars fan you guys have you guys have pieces to look on. You have, you have a defense you need to rebuild, obviously, but you have pieces on the offense you you, you like. You have a new running back, James Robinson, that, that showed out last year, top five in the league in rushing last year, I believe. Might have, I think he was fourth right behind Jonathan Taylor, to be honest with you. Um, you have receivers. You have Shark. You have Shark, who came out last year. You have Chennault. You, you can go draft. You have $79 million in cap space. Go sign Hunter Henry if you really want to, to give yourself a decent tight end. You have you're drafting Trevor Lawrence. You're probably going to draft an offensive lineman with your second pick in your first round. The the Jaguars are set to to completely build and signing Deshaun Watson. I feel like would just be shooting themselves in the foot more or less yes. than helping oh, themselves. No, no,
3: this this is what the ja- no. See, the Jaguars need to spend their money on their offensive line, and and then because there's a lot of weapons you can get. Like what? Like, let's let's think of it like this. They have viscous Chenault, right? They have 11
2: picks and 79 million in cap. I think the Jaguars are going to be just fine.
3: Exactly. They have DJ Chark, who maybe not be a number one receiver, but is a damn good number two receiver, but he can be a number one. He has that potential. Also, you're going to get your quarterback, Trevor Lawrence, the first overall draft pick, right? And then, also, there's, I believe, Westbrook is still on the team. Not saying that, but he's a, a good number three, good number four. What if you were to draft a receiver? In the second round and then build off that when you already signed Lyman that could be proven to do it you know instead of Alex Leatherwood from Alabama you know what I mean to be a tackle
2: are you not maybe you don't draft Leatherwood maybe you draft uh was it uh Dickerson
3: well you know we'll get deeper into the draft later on <laughs> later yeah. on the shows but you see what I'm saying here I just rather sign Lyman. That would be,
2: yeah. No, I'm with you.
3: If, if I have cap space, if I have the cap space, and I'm drafting a rookie quarterback that I want to be successful and I want to actually have a good career and not have the psyche of Carson Wentz, you see how I'm wrapping this around? You see how I'm wrapping this around? Here's Even, some, Here's something that of-
2: just broke. That broke the bank. Uh, NFL stats on Twitter broke. The, apparently, uh, Adam Scheffner said on 97.5 The Fanatic that Jalen Hurts isn't a lot for the Eagles next year. Yeah, that well, they could explore so I, their options through free agency or the draft.
3: Yeah, that's that's an all smoke screen. And have you ever seen draft day, Johnny?
2: Yes, I've seen draft day.
3: Okay, this is this guy is the quarterback that's already playing in uh, Cleveland, Jalen Hurts. Exactly. They're, they're gonna, not going to they're going to use the number six overall pick for a playmaker, a playmaker, or if Tane Sewell drops there, that's where you go.
1: I, I yeah I, I heard that too and it's like what if you're drafting quarterbacks in the first round first round two years in a row well I guess no Hurts was second wasn't he but if you're yeah. dra- if you're drafting a rookie quarterback two years in a row with a top pick like that it what kind of planning is that you know you're not you just you have no idea you're literally shooting it into you're literally just shooting blind yeah
4: yeah
3: but but then hindsight 2020 hindsight 2020 20, no I point mean, intended card, card, the Cardinals. <laughs> The Cardinals did that with Rosen and Kyler Murray, but I think they made the right decision
5: on that one.
2: Well, yeah, because Rosen wasn't going to fit the the offensive system that – the I forget what that head coach's name – that he wanted to run. And, well, Kyler, and, Kyler, oh, you know, and Kyler Murray fits it.
3: He's only there for one year. It, it, insane. It, but a rookie quarterback can – nowadays, they're growing up so fast. Like, they're 13 years old at seven-on-seven seven camp. You know what I mean? They're 11 years old and, and playing, well, six years old playing fly football. They get started so young.
4: But,
2: well, I think it's even younger now because I, I saw a crazy stat a couple of years ago. I don't know how true it is now, but basically saying that most of these quarterbacks that come into the NFL now that are starting and are playing well, these quarterbacks have been starting at quarterback since they were like seven years old on peewees. <laughs>
3: Yeah, it's, it's ridiculous, but it just shows you that's why there's so many quarterbacks that are on the market, and so many teams that are willing to give up their quarterbacks nowadays at a faster pace because there's so much talent now, opposed to ten years ago, twenty years ago, thirty years ago. You see what I'm saying?
2: Right. All
3: right, but I think we should hit a break, Johnny?
2: Yeah, I, mean, I feel I feel like we pretty much have dissected every every angle of this Deshaun Watson. Free agency, just NFL free agency this year is going to be insane, man. There's a lot of teams that are ready to compete. There's a lot of teams that are going to go out and look for something. Speaking of which, my last little cue note, what if the Jags signed Juju? That would be a nice number one receiver for Trevor Lawrence to have.
3: Is he a number one?
2: Juju? Border- or is he a really
3: good, really good number two?
1: Borderline. Yeah, I think, I think you'd be better off if he was your number two for sure. Um, yeah,
3: I mean we've seen that he's better with Antonio Brown than without him even though he still catch 100 100 catches. Just you don't get a thousand be, yards he out of 100 in, 100 he
2: carries. can be a number 1. I feel like I feel like certain receivers are capable of being a number 1 and I feel like Juju smith schuster can be a number 1. He's still all, really young. All, yeah, this is that was his first contract. Those his first 4 years. He, we'll see. We will see. You get someone like Trevor Lawrence throwing you the ball who and you're not getting a dead-armed Ben Roethlisberger love the guy to death but come on man it's time to hang up the cleats but uh that's just me but anyway on that note we were to take a quick break you have anything you'd like to talk about you know man because we're we're kind of just freeing it right now to be honest with you we're we're going to talk a little bit about uh the nascar that stuff that's coming up we got daytona again this week except it's the road course not the regular track oh We've yeah got, oh i think
3: i'm going to that uh,
2: to did anybody watch the fights last night i didn't know there was even fights yeah. last night we can talk about yeah. those two and uh Feel free to call in, 727-518-020. Back in a moment. TB4.
1: Every,
4: every single day.
0: All right, let's get, get back, back to the, the show. show. It. It's the TB4 Sports Show with Radio Johnny, Nikki Jones, and Tony on the Big, Big 8.
2: Well, welcome back to the TB4 Sports Show. We appreciate everybody who's listening to us. If you have any questions, comments, feel free to call in we always love phone callers we appreciate the fans we got professor pelly live from daytona where we are going to meet with talk with him and uh get to discussion on the road course that nascar has decided to do this year you know the daytona road course being the second race of the nascar 2021 season with having a crazy uh season last year with all the health protocols and everything going on usually nascar goes west coast for these next three weeks in a normal nascar season where they usually go to um where they usually go to california vegas and other places like that on the west coast and then they come back this way but this year after running the daytona 500 last week running the regular course you know the big oval track two and a half miles 200 laps Amazing stuff! The NASCAR Super Bowl, the Daytona 500. Um, Michael McDowell comes out with a W there on a on a crazy last last second caution that froze the field on the final lap coming around turn four. And I find it kind of crazy how there was an accident in turn four when twenty years ago on was I think it was Tuesday. Twenty years ago, then we had lost Dale Earnhardt on the same track on the same corner. Man,
3: well, TV four, TV four, moment of silence. One, two, three. All right, let's get back to it.
2: <laughs> we appreciate it, brother. But uh, we all we all know the great Dale Earnhardt. He tried 20 years to win on that track. Took him until 1998 to win his first 500. 20 years. But the man in black did it. We got to love it. We love yeah, the Intimidator. That's,
3: that's dedication. That's dedication 100% from Dale Earnhardt Sr. Uh, taking him 20 years. Want to know what else is dedication? Being on vacation and coming on a radio show when you don't have to. That's dedication. <laughs> yeah, that is that's dedication, right. brother. That that's it is dedication. Okay? But, but, figure it out. Anyway, that's, I'll give myself a pat on the back. I'm a little braggadocious this weekend. I'm still on my championship celebration, but whatever. Whatever. We're still soaking it in. Anyway, NASCAR here is insane. Coming into the, coming, I'm in Daytona Beach for the audience that are just tuning in, but. I'm in Daytona Beach and you have to cross uh, International Speedway and you have to, the stadium is right on your right-hand side and you see how big it is. The lights oh, are lit, the noise, the, the sound, the engines. It's, it's euphoric to all. There's no words that can describe this. If you haven't gone to an event, you have to. Tickets just dropped to $47. I just bought my pair. We're going to go in. TV 4 sports show we're going to go in. we're going to film everything and it's going to be amazing And i can't wait and um, i'm sorry guys i wish you were here
2: <laughs> yeah, i wish i was here. there man i my, my whole time i've lived in florida i haven't been to daytona yet to the track so i'll have to definitely get out there i'd love well, to do it you
3: know, well you know johnny we, we grew up watching nascar especially with our families and freaking there would always be a, the you would you said it on the, on the uh, excuse me you said it in the intro but the Daytona 500 being the Super Bowl of NASCAR, we'll get it. Well, Super Bowl has Super Bowl parties, right? Daytona 500 used to be one big giant party on Daytona Beach, and mm-hmm. it all started. From, it all started from racing on the freaking sand, where I was just at yesterday in the back of a truck playing loud music, being a degenerate per usual. But hey, <laughs> but hey, it was, it's, uh, it's, Daytona Beach is a fun time. I think it's kind of reviving itself a little bit. Um, especially with everything that's going
2: on. so I think the state of Florida is just reviving. Um, oh, we're,
3: oh we're, business is booming, baby. Business you gotta is love booming,
2: it. Florida. You got to love it, brother. But uh, yeah, Michael McDowell came out with a win last week at the Daytona 500. Um, Denny Hammond was trying to pull a three-peat, which he couldn't do, which is very hard to do, actually. Um, the fact that he even won two in a row is insane because the – the, like the percentage of you coming back after winning one and coming back to win the next one is like less than 20% or, or probably even less than 15 and the fact that he won two in a row is crazy um, but now we're on to the Daytona road course this week where it could it's going to be a whole another ball game it's going to be obviously nowhere near the, the amount of laps that they did last week or they did 200 probably only going to be around 100 some I think it's 100 something this week but uh yeah, man, who uh, who are you liking today, Tony? Who who you got winning this race and why? I,
3: I, I have the one, the only, Chase Elliott. Okay, Chase Elliott. I have the Prince of NASCAR. This man on road courses is dominant, and also in Daytona, he is um, always up there and contending. So I'm going to go, I think he's a favorite today in Vegas to take the spot. So I'm going to go chalk and I'm going to go Chase Elliott, I think this might be just another sure bet of mine.
2: The father, or the son of great NASCAR driver Bill Elliott, who uh, didn't always, where the wins and the and all that stuff didn't really show, but kind of like how Chase Elliott is. to I mean, Chase Elliott won the NASCAR championship last year, but um, kind of how yeah. it shows this year with uh, Chase Elliott's always competing. Bill Elliott always competed. He was always ready to compete. Always racing. We love it. Old old school racing. Um yeah, Chase Elliott shows that he's plus two hundred as a favor right now for today's race. Um I don't know, man. I like I like every now and then when it comes to these tracks, I like these other guys who we really don't talk about a whole lot, who uh who doesn't always show up for these races all the time. Like you have these crazy guys like AJ Allmendinger. Like you don't always hear his name. But when it comes to like these high-speed tracks, but when it comes to some of these other tracks like road courses, you hear a lot from them. And uh, I don't know. I think I'm going to – I like Chase Elliott today too, but I think I'm going to have to pick uh, – I don't know. I think Martin Truex Jr. is going to get it done today. He's second odds at plus 400.
3: Yeah, like. General Green yelled out to me. He got Martin Truex Jr. as well, so you're in good hands there. <laughs> gems, gems.
2: Just just wing it, brother.
1: Pick a name. <laughs> hmm. <laughs> Ricky Stenhouse Jr. <laughs> oh. I like it. I oh, like
2: it. Oh, I mix. love it. He's not even oh. on the
1: odds list. <laughs> I, I, I love the name. Ricky Stenhouse Jr. <laughs> That's what I'm
2: saying, man. It's these crazy names like I was saying last week about the Daytona 500. It was like, who do you think got to win? I was like, honestly, if we had had an extra half a lap out of one because I had the three winning and the three was like a half a car length behind Michael McDowell when that caution came out and it froze the field and then Michael McDowell ended up winning. But I told you, man, it's these crazy, like, people that you really really don't talk about a whole lot that come out of nowhere in some of these races that can win. Oh, and yeah, Ricky Stenhouse it's, Jr., it's, man, anything that's, can that's happen in crazy the road. Anything can happen <laughs> in the road
3: races. Anything can happen in the road races. You tip, you get over that turtle, boom, pop you up real fast, and then you'll lose the traction, spit out, you're in the wall. Well,
2: you're just like two, a
3: you're taking two guys with you.
2: Like you, our boy uh, that used to race, he didn't race a, real well on big tracks, but when it came to road courses... Mr. Juan Pablo Montoya. <laughs> well, yeah,
3: instead of a Juan Pablo Montoya.
2: <laughs> you you could always expect a good race out of him when it came to a road course over a a big like two mile track.
3: Oh well, he came from the old Indy boys.
2: Oh yeah, of course.
3: Old so, Indy car racing. So look at us diving into the old uh, sporting event of
2: NASCAR. But you're uh, you're definitely in, with some history, man. You know the Daytona. Yeah, you're in Daytona. One yeah, of the beach is awesome. One of the long living, one of the longest living tracks that have been out there, man. It's a uh, when that place is booming, it's booming, and I can't wait to experience it one day to get out there and actually see a race and be a part of it. I feel like racing has changed a lot since I when I watched it when I was a kid. You know, we didn't have any of this. You you get in this top sixteen and you get to perform in a playoff and all this other stuff. No, man, we had race. I grew up with racing where you raced for points every week and everybody had a chance up until the last week if you were gonna win it or not and it's just it's it's cool though I like to see change you know they never used to do the stage racing like they do now they do three different stages they do a certain amount of laps you get stage points so I mean it's definitely a, a lot more driver friendly now and gives everybody a chance to to compete and actually win and you gotta love it you gotta love it but on that note. You got anything else spectacular, Tony? That you like to talk about? Did you watch the fights this weekend?
3: I did watch the fights this weekend. I UFC. I think it was uh, Vegas nineteen. I want to say yes, right off the top of my head. Because you know, I mean, I'm sitting in the back of a truck, sipping on water, getting my tan on right now. So be jealous, people, if you're cloudy back home. <laughs> I'm, I'm getting my bronze on, and um, the UFC fights are actually pretty good last night. Um, especially the Derek Lewis, the main event, Derek Lewis fight, uh, the UFC beast, if you can follow him on Twitter. Um, hocked out with a plus three fifty underdog. So, um a lot of people here at the house had uh Derek Lewis money line, money line, money line and uh cashed in at plus three fifty. So if you were to bet hundred dollars, you win three hundred and fifty dollars plus your money back. And um it was a it was a one hell of a heavyweight fight. Uh, so what happened was, just a quick analysis for those who didn't watch, uh, so you don't have to watch the highlights, but you probably should, because it's one hell of a knockout. Uh, Stone cold them, too. Just stunned them. Yeah, I, saw the, I saw the highlight. Was,
2: I didn't get to see the fight, but I did see the highlight, and that looked pretty deadly. <laughs> yeah, Derek Lewis,
3: lost, Derek Lewis lost the first round, but as, um, as his opponent rushed him, Right uppercut, got him on the b- bottom of his jaw. I thought he got him in his throat and he just, or his neck and he just stunned. But he got him in his jawline, knocked him out. Uppercut, Stone Cold got two hits on the ground. Herb Dean called it. Then it's over. So, and the guy was, the guy was like, whoa, 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 whoa. The guy, Derek, Derek Lewis, knocked out. And it was the whole house was like, whoa. It was pretty funny. It was pretty funny. Dana, we bought the, we bought the pay per view. Don't get mad at us. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> but it, it was a pretty good time. But you know, that was just a that was just the pregame. You know what I mean? Not to brag.
1: Some other news I was seeing is that uh, NFL uh, is having their Hall of Fame game scheduled August fifth, and as of now, they're hopeful that they'll be able to f- actually fill the stadium with fans. Um, they, you know, obviously things could uh, change, but that's something. They they seem to have an optimistic outlook that come o- come August they'll be able to fill the stadium and and safely <laughs> resume uh, regular regular attendance in, in stadiums. Um, I know baseball is uh, I think they're talking about maybe twenty percent capacity to start their season. Uh, but I, I'm excited to to hopefully get back to to normal sporting events
3: why why is baseball light years behind all sports everything uh, and <laughs> why 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 is it? Like well even
2: even the scarcity of college basketball is bring for the, the march scarcity, madness tournament what
3: the day where are the day scarcity go ahead
2: <laughs> they're gonna bring uh they're gonna they're gonna bring twenty five percent of fans into march madness next in next month for the big tournament you know the big tournament we got we missed last year you know that's where i feel like Sports have always been, I feel like, have always been like the. here comes another word for you, the epicenter of what has happened this last year. You know, yeah. nothing shut down until sports said, we're shutting down. Yeah, Nothing, we didn't want to stop our normal lives until sports said, with the with the positive test of Rudy Gobert in the NBA, because he wanted to go around and touch every microphone and every freaking <laughs> yeah. tape recorder cool. on demand. Super crazy. But uh, then three days later, the, the guy tests positive, but... It just like how quick everything just came to a screaming halt. And it wasn't the fact that, like, yeah, regular life, it kind of it, it, – it was slow. But for us sports guys and, like, who are big into sports, it's just sports was it. The NBA decided, okay, we're going to stop. And then, like, domino effect. Everybody just dropped out of nowhere. Yeah, you want to know what
3: happened? You want to know what happened? want to know what happened? A bunch of competitive sports guys got into politics.
2: That's what Agreed. happened. But there was That's one – But as we've been talking about this whole show, but there was one entity that stood on itself every time and prevailed the whole season, and that was the NFL. Roger Goodell did it. Roger Goodell said, we don't give a – not really that he didn't give a damn, but we don't care about what's going on with this virus. We can still do this and still make it appeasing for people. Dude, I don't think anybody was ever, ever – I don't know – well, maybe not everybody, but I don't think as many people last year were ever – Thriving for an NFL draft, like we were begging for it. You can ask Nicky James when we were at his house. I was stuck and glued to the TV, just like commenting with the the the, um, the commentators on the analysis of the draft. Who's going to go where? Like I was all over podcasts saying this is what's going to happen. These yeah. are where people are going to go. Like you were so just involved in the NFL draft last year because of everything else was stopped. Hockey stopped. Baseball decided they were
1: going to halt their season start basketball stopped you know and then on, on the, flip side, led that the way. flip side of what you're saying exactly like nfl you know had the the most success i think in this past year um college basketball was the one the one postseason that that got canceled they we just completely missed out on uh uh ncaa tournament and march madness last year well even but, some
2: of the other college sports like the Gators' college baseball season—they were sixteen and zero. They lost their first game to FSU, and then the season stops. They were sixteen and one, and they didn't get a chance to to claim what was theirs.
1: But at least for football, like it, it was postponed, you know, mm-hmm. delayed, but they still had. You know, we didn't miss out on on a national champion. We didn't miss out on on a college football season. But I think college basketball is the one sport where it, it's yes, they they get scholarships. I get that, but it's the one sport that. The top players have no intention of going to college. They or they, staying there at least. They completely are, you know, they're not they're not amateur athletes. These guys are coming out of high school with professional talent, and you've seen it over the years. It's it's you know, twenty thirty years of players that went straight from the high school to NBA and made an impact right away. So I completely get why.
2: I still think some of these guys that are going to college and that are these young guys going to the college basketball. Do I agree some of them can come out of high school and still go to the NBA? Maybe. But you do ha- but that's because you have to look at some of these guys other than like Dwight Howard who he 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 has a ring yes because he won it with the Lakers last year, but he was he hasn't been like that killer instinct athlete. But outside of him, these other guys who have come out of high school have been icons in the sport. Think about it. You have Kev- Kevin Garnett who first did it, but then you have Kobe Bryant who became one of your, what we are putting in as one, one of, because there is no the, there is one of the GOATs of what yeah. we call the game of the NBA. LeBron did it himself too. So, I mean, I just think it's. I like, don't think everybody's yeah, many, ready. I don't think everybody's people? ready coming out of well, high school.
3: How- People are gonna be LeBron. How many people are gonna be? Kobe? That's what I'm
1: saying. I don't think everybody yeah, what, is what's, ready. What's the sense it. of What's sense yeah, of but but the sense of making them go program, to college for one year? Like what?
3: Oh, yeah, not, there, is no, there is no. sense. That 100. It, it, it just improves NCAA basketball money. That's all. You. I, I think, you think the NCAA is just. Imagine, LeBron, imagine Kobe going to Duke or LeBron going to Ohio State. Like that's where they would have went. And the, we wouldn't be talking about Greg
1: Oden right now. I think <laughs> NCAA <laughs> has no no clear leader. They have no clear. Leadership or or plan for, um, you know, make making the sport better. And I think it, the, I think it's just a complete like, oh, complete lie that that these are professional or uh, or student athletes. When when you're given a a player a, a scholarship that you completely know is not going to get a degree, um, they're just going to go for one year. I, I think it's just a a scam. And if if these players want to to go right. From high school to the pros, I think they should be allowed to, and and also the fact that they can't make any money. I I don't say I don't think maybe not necessarily the schools don't have to pay them, but the fact they can't get an advertisement or sponsorship or anything when every other scholarship student could do the same. I think it's it's ridiculous.
3: Well, yeah, and back to what I was. We gotta go. But back to what I said was LeBron. There's for every LeBron James and Kobe Bryant coming out, there's a Kwame Brown and Sebastian Telfair. You know what I mean? Yeah. So
2: all right, all right, boys, I we appreciate it. Sorry we had to cut you off there, but uh we'll pick it back up next Sunday. We'll be back here next Sunday, always T B four